Travel, it's one of life's greatest pleasures. When we journey abroad, we discover new places and meet fascinating people, but we also gain perspective and take on a wider view of the world around us. That was Trevor Ranges, and I'm Scott Coates. After more than 25 years living and working in Asia, we've developed an amazing network of interesting characters throughout the region. Talk Travel Asia is our way of sharing them with you. Plug in and get connected to hot tips, interesting perspectives, and expert travel advice as we cultivate travel insight through intelligent conversation. What inspires people to pick up and move to the other side of the world? How many modern-day adventurers travel to a foreign destination with the intention to stay and try to establish a life there? This week's guest did just that. In 2020, longtime listener Christina Tag packed up and set off for Asia with the intention to live in the region. Today, we'll learn how that decision was made, where she journeyed to, and why she settled in the city she did. From Phnom Penh, Cambodia, this is Trevor Ranges. With me, as always, is my co-host, Scott. How you doing, Scott? Where are you at? Doing well, Trevor. I'm in my extra bedroom slash office in Bangkok, as I often am, in the very comfortable setting with a cool beverage and happy to be approaching this one. You know, we've never had a listener on the show, let alone somebody that kind of used our show as a, I think it's fair to say, a reasonably major point of inspiration for moving her life from America to here. So I'm, I'm really keen to hear Christina's story. But before we get there, like, when and why did you originally end up in this part of the world? Gosh, I don't even know that I can remember. When I was doing the introduction, I had to look around to make sure I was in Phnom Penh when I said that's where I was. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I've been around and and I first visited Asia in, in 1996. And that was a straight up like backpacking trip. And that was back in the day. And, and I did some pretty crazy adventurous stuff, but there wasn't really any intention of, of living here or even or returning to live here, you know? Um, but then in 2001, while I was living in Hawaii, my company had an office in Bangkok and they asked if I wanted to work there for three months. So I put my stuff in a storage locker and left with little expectation of staying longer than that. And uh, I think I paid 600 bucks a month for that storage unit for six months and then 12 months and then 24 months. Uh, After two years, I was like, shit, I did that that stuff just wasn't worth that much money. And then, you know, the rest of the story, it's 21 years later and here we are. Awesome. I first came here as a backpacker, 20 years old at the beginning of a one year trip that the focus was Australia and New Zealand, but I landed in Japan first for a week, then went to Hong Kong and Macau for a week, uh, Malaysia and Singapore for about a week, and then headed to New Zealand and Australia for 10 months, and then ended up landing in Malaysia again, coming up to Koh Phangan and Koh Samui at the end of that. And then I came back to visit uh, what became my business partner in 95, and then moved here in 1999, just over 23 years ago to start a luxury travel company, uh, Smiling Albino, that's still going and being run by Dan. And yeah, so 23 years later from when I moved here, and I guess from that first visit, that's like, geez, 29 years ago? Something like that, almost. Yeah, you know, it it adds up. You know, we got to update the intro to our show because I think uh, that isn't quite so accurate anymore. I mean, I, I came to Bangkok originally, and then Bangkok was my home for like 18 years. Um, although, you know, I was somewhat famous for having going away parties that weren't really me going away. It was just going away for like a little while. Uh, and, and I worked 
in Vietnam and Cambodia, Indonesia, Korea. I sort of kind of bounced back and forth between different destinations in Asia with Bangkok as my home, which I think is just like the best place to live. But like I could move back to, to Bali or somewhere else with waves mm. like Indo or the Philippines. But, you know, I'm thinking about going back to Bangkok as well. So I've been there a bunch recently. So it would be more difficult for me to imagine moving back to somewhere in like the mainland America than moving to some random Asian country, I think. How about you? Are you, are you settled settled in Bangkok? It, it, it's funny you say that. The longer you are away, the more difficult it is to imagine yourself as a full-time resident back in your country of birth. And I would like to live part of my year back in Canada. But yeah, in the... 23 years I've been here, 21 have been in Thailand, two were in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. But I've also, you know, officially done work in 10 other countries in the region. And, you know, that for a few days up to a week and then multiple times. There's probably a few countries in Asia I would live, but I, I'd say the only one that really jumps out is maybe Japan. If I was offered a sweet gig in Japan, I think that's a place I could try for a year or two. Definitely. If my wife got a great job in Singapore, although I never would have when I was younger, but at my age now, I could deal with things working real well for a couple of years. So I would maybe move there to follow her if she got a great job. But yeah, I think locally, yeah, probably Japan at this point. I mean, I'd love to live in Cambodia for a bit. I'd love to live in Nepal, but it's probably just not yeah. going to happen at this point. Yeah. And Japan, like you're right. I, I hadn't thought of it much during the brainstorming for this episode, but like, I don't know that you could move to Japan for like a year. I think if you went to Japan, you should try and do like at least three to five years. You're going to have to learn some language for real, you know, in order to, to really kind of experience that. Whereas like maybe Southeast Asia is a lot more user friendly. And uh, so we'll see how Christina got on here in Asia. Uh, why don't we bring her in? Sounds good. According to her LinkedIn profile, Christina Teg is a highly motivated, energetic, and compassionate individual with an educational and research background in psychology. Her education, research, and counseling experiences have coalesced with her time spent in Asia during the pandemic and have culminated in a perfect living and working fit. She joins us today in Bangkok, Thailand with Scott Coates. How are you two doing? Hello, doing great. How are you, Trevor? Good. You know, that's a fun profile of you. You are highly motivated, energetic, and compassionate, as far as I know, as I have had the pleasure to hang out with you a few times recently. Well, this is a bit of a funny one, how it came about, because a group of us cycle up to Cockrat to Chit Beer, which we've mentioned on the show before. And after a ride one time, Christina a little embarrassingly mentioned that she was a fan of the show and that part of the reason she settled over here and left the U.S. was because of the podcast. So we've gotten to know her a bit and we thought, wow, well, why shouldn't we talk to someone about how and why a podcast motivated them to come here, but actually really the difference between living somewhere and visiting it. So Christina, before we get too far into it, tell us where you're originally from and what your life was before you ended up here in Asia Town. Yeah, before I, um, four beers in, waited to tell you about this after a full day bike ride. Yeah, didn't want to embarrass him. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm originally from Florida, from a small town called Safety Harbor. No one would know it. Um, a Clearwater area. And I studied psychology in school, um, as you know from my LinkedIn. And yeah, came here on a four-month backpacking trip. And two and a half years later, here we are. Typical Thailand story. 
nice here. Eight, eight more years and you'll have your own podcast here <laughs> as well. Exactly. Because um, Scott and I both came here on short visits. So that's cool. Uh, had you ever been to Asia before? or you know? Never. And, and... I came in February of 2020 was when I left. So that's its own exciting adventure and story. But um, yeah, I came to Asia right at the onset of the pandemic. You said you were coming to backpack. Um, now, I came here for three months originally, but I was intending to work here. and I didn't know if I was going to stay. In your mind, did you have any inkling that you might stay longer than those four months? Yeah, so I was planning to teach in Asia, but not not Southeast. So the plan was I knew I wanted to teach somewhere different, somewhere new. Um, so I was looking at Korea and Taiwan. So I actually started my trip in those two places with the intent of living in one of them. Um, and it was just going to be kind of a fun four month backpacking in Southeast just to see and explore and whatever. Yeah, went very differently than expected, but in the best way. So you were planning on just traveling for four months and then working somewhere. Is that right? Well, I was going to go home first. So this was the whole thing. Like I got a storage unit. I did all this stuff and I had planned to say goodbye to everyone. Right. So I kind of just was it was a temporary goodbye when I left, even though the pandemic was hitting and everyone was like, don't go to Asia. And I was like, you guys are being ridiculous. It's going to be fine. Hmm. And then, um, <laughs> well, here we are. Never did really get to go home. Last Christmas I did, but that was the first time in about a year and a half. Wow. And had your, did your family and friends travel much or did they think that like, other than the fact that it was COVID was the idea of just like traveling to Asia, something just too outside of the norm for, for your friends and family or were they pretty well traveled? Oh my God. No, they thought I was insane. But especially with COVID, they were like, what are you doing? Because actually, my initial flight was supposed to be into Beijing. Um, it was canceled a week before I was scheduled to leave. I got a crazy deal on a round trip. It was like $400 from Orlando to Beijing. Round trip, which is unheard of. Um, so, you know, nothing could go wrong with a $400 flight, right? So that was canceled a week before. Um, I was scrambling and I was like, well, I was going to go to Korea anyway. I'll reroute it, whatever. I did. Um yeah. And they were all just like, your flight's canceled. Don't go. And I was like, I have to go. I just have to see it. So yeah, the, the concept was crazy enough. And then with COVID, they were all like, what are you doing? So I'm trying to wrap my head around, like, how did you plan the trip? And how did you actually settle in where you settled to live? Because I don't think you planned to settle here, right? Definitely not. Um, so yeah, I had planned to just kind of a little bit wing it. So I had listened to your podcast and I knew kind of destinations that I had, but my timeline I left really open, which I like to do when I'm traveling because you get to meet people, you kind of go wherever the crew that you meet ends up going. So that that worked out really well, actually. So I did Korea for a week and then I did Taiwan for about three weeks, which was super unplanned, but I was going to visit my friends in Singapore and my friend Shelby was pregnant and I was going to be staying with her and her husband. And she was like, you were just in Korea. COVID's really bad there. So I ended up kind of getting this extra two weeks in Taiwan just to sort of buffer just in case because everyone was really scared of COVID at that time. So I ended up getting to travel through all of Taiwan, which was incredible. Rented a car, went down the whole coast. It was super, super beautiful. I had a great time. And then I visited my friends in Singapore and they were like, you're crazy, go home. Because I literally got an email from the U.S embassy that said 
go home now or prepare to remain abroad indefinitely. And that was terrifying for everyone. And they were like, go home. What are you doing? And I was like, I just have to see Thailand. I just have to see it and try. Because, you know, I wanted to see proper Southeast Asia. Singapore didn't really count. So I was like, I have to just go see it and see what happens. And I ended up meeting some super amazing people and doing some really fun things. So, yeah. So when, when you got to Thailand, you were just planning to cruise around. At what point during the trip did you think like, hey, you know what, maybe I can live here? Yeah, so it was a bit of a wild journey. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with the website WorkAway. You've mentioned it. That's the only reason I've heard of it. Okay. So WorkAway, for anyone who doesn't know, is um, like basically a website for work trading. Um, So there are like farms, there are hostels, homestays, whatever. Um, Basically, you do a little bit of work in exchange for a place to stay and some meals. Sometimes you pay a little bit. Um, So I was kind of messaging with a couple places just as a backup because the pandemic was getting worse. At this point, it was March of 2020. So I was like, you know, I kind of want to have a backup option. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to fly into Phuket, see it, try it out. Phuket was first two days, super normal. I was like, okay, great. Totally normal here. Can stick around. Then everything, I went to Phuket town, everything was shut. And I was like, okay, I should probably start thinking about going home. And I was like, you know what? I just have to see Riley Beach. And this was actually partly due to your podcast. I remembered cool. there was, I don't know which episode, nice. but you guys had said Riley's amazing. Many. Yeah, because it's incredible. It's one of the best beaches I've ever seen. So I was like, I have to see it. I'll just go. And actually on the boat to Riley Beach, I met this incredible group of travelers there were five of them and whatever, we spent the day on the beach, like drinking Changs together. And they were like, hey, we have a villa here. You should come stay with us. So we stayed for a week and we were all like, what are we going to do? Do we go home? Do we stay? And I was like, well, listen, I've been messaging with this farm in Kausok. I don't know. It's kind of a crazy idea, but I think I'm going to go. I don't really want to spend more money if everything's locked down. Like we could get another villa here. We could stay a while, but... We don't know how long this lockdown's going to be. We can't go anywhere. We can't really go to the beach. So, like, I just want to go to this farm, maybe save a little money, have a cool experience, just try it. If you guys want to come, you should. No pressure. And of six of us total, five of us went to the farm. It started there. And then our time on the farm was when I was like, I love this place. I love the people. It's naturally so gorgeous. And I just don't ever want to leave. And... This blows my mind. You mentioned this to me, I think, a few beers in, but you lived in a tent in the hot jungle of Kausok at this farm for two months. Is that right? Yeah, there was was no indoors for two months. Our group was the last group to come. So it ended up being like 23 of us, which was way over capacity. This place is meant to house like eight. Like they have these little huts. We were way past the hut point. So we stayed on their like yoga platform. It's just a bamboo platform with a thatch roof. It rained every single day. It got wet every single day. And there was like a little mattress pad that was like an inch thick. It's not a mattress. It was a yoga mat, basically, that was like kind of like queen sized. I think like three of us were snuggling up in there and we just had a mosquito net. And uh, that was that was our two months. Have you gotten rid of those sweaty rashes yet? Or Oh, I have some, some scars some Thailand tattoos for sure. Okay. From the mosquito bites and all the things. Yeah, it was rough, but it was beautiful. 
No, but that's what you're supposed to do. That's what we did, you know, when we first came to Asia, I think, is to camped out and done crazy things like that. So good for you. I didn't know that. Plus, Kaosok is like one of the most beautiful places. I mean, that's like spectacular area of Thailand for sure right there. And then working on a farm, like COVID crops don't care about COVID, right? You still got to <laughs> grow vegetables and stuff. So for sure. that's an awesome experience. Yeah, it was great. We learned so much and like we really built like a proper little community. Like it was just a bunch of wayward travelers that were like, what are we going to do? Because a lot of them had like year long trips planned, right? And they were like, well, do we wait it out? Do we go home? So this was kind of our community during like a really weird, unprecedented time. So you traveled for what, five or six months before settling in Bangkok? Is that right? Quick time? Yeah, it was about six months total. Okay. So what leads you five months in to decide, okay, I'm going to settle in Bangkok and I'm going to tape up work. How does that happen? And what do you do? Just the beauty of traveling. So we went from the farm, a bunch of us went to Kopangan. We stayed there for about two months. Incredible, total opposite of the farm, full luxury, like on a budget, right? Because it was COVID time, so we got crazy good deals. Um, stayed there a couple months and there was this friend that I had met traveling in Italy, just kind of a chance encounter. Like we were in the same hostel dorm and just brief crossover and kind of followed each other on Instagram, but like didn't really talk. And I was like, I saw he was living in Bangkok and teaching. And I was like, let me just see. Like, I really don't want to leave this place. Let me just ask him. And so I was like, hey, like, where do you teach? Do you like it? How is it? And he's like, yeah, I love it. Like, he's like, I was like, yeah, I'm in Thailand. I kind of want to stay. And he's like, oh, my God, we really need teachers because they can't bring anyone in the country at this point. It's like July of 2020. Right. So like borders were fully shut. And he's like, it doesn't matter if you have a TEFL. It doesn't matter if you have experience. They really need teachers. Like, please come. And I was like great, I don't have either of those things. So like, let's go. <laughs> so yeah. Well, hopefully you got them. Um, hopefully you got certified just as a, as a bonus to, to doing that. But I that's did, cool. Actually. You know, you're really lucky. Oh, good. Yeah, congrats. Uh, yeah, because otherwise, I think it's not necessarily easy. You know, like, people all the time want to just up and move to, to Thailand. And, and, and it can be challenging. You know, it's not necessarily that easy to get a job and a visa and certifications and stuff. But everything kind of worked smoothly for you, I guess, just because of the crazy conditions. But what were some of the maybe good and bad surprises that you, you, you came across in those early days? Yeah, yeah, we were really lucky for sure with the job. It was super interesting. Um, I had not been to Bangkok at all yet. So first arriving in Bangkok was a bit crazy in July, late July of 2020. It was a weird time. So I think all my other experiences traveling around Thailand, everyone was so friendly. And that was really a big draw to stay was just like how amazing the people were. During COVID in Bangkok, not so much that way for Farangs. So I think my initial experience was like, okay, maybe, maybe it's just different in the city and people aren't as nice. And I think that definitely changed over time, of course. And I think it was just a weird time for everybody. And they were like, foreigners are bringing COVID. Like, what are you doing here? You know, like you're a traveler. Of course you're bringing COVID. But I think eventually that faded. That was a bit of a rude awakening. That took some time. I think a positive surprise was just like the level of convenience of living in this city is unparalleled. Like I've never experienced <laughs> anything like it where you can have absolutely anything you could ever want delivered to your door in like five minutes <laughs> at any point in time for like $2. So you've been living and working in Bangkok for over two years? Yeah, it's been about two and a half now. 
Okay, so thinking about those early days that you just described to now, what are some things that you maybe really like now that you didn't even think about in those early days? Has there been anything you've come to love or really appreciate more about this city? The chaos was really overwhelming at first. And now, like, I really can't imagine my life without it. Like, I love the sound of tuk-tuks and motorbikes and people yelling and laughing and, like, there's just so much stimulation in this city. And I think when you first arrive, it's really overwhelming. Um, but now I love it. I live for it. So cool. Yeah. It's a big one. Yeah. That's funny. I agree. Cause I just came back to visit recently and I still sort of call Bangkok home yeah. and jumping on the back of a motorbike taxi and zipping down some road is uh, scary, dangerous, exciting, and uh, kind of fun. So how about some things from home that you miss, uh, you know, before you went home last year, you were away for quite a while. What what were some things that that like maybe when you were in the jungle and it was raining on you, you were like, oh, I wish I had this. You know what? This is so silly, but something that sticks out in my mind is like just going to a store and like having a casual interaction with somebody. It's so surface level, but like I miss that. Like going and trying something on and like this might be kind of a girl thing but like when you're in a fitting room and somebody's like oh my god that looks so good on you yeah you should wear that that's so cute just stupid things like that just the little kind of surface level interactions but like small niceties in day to day um that could be remedied if my tie was better for sure so i i have to full caveat that with like i think thai people have that level of friendliness but i think the language barrier kind of hinders that. So I think it's just the ease of communication and those little like day-to-day. Okay. Places. There's, to me, a big difference in traveling to a place and then really living there. Like beyond, I spent two or three months somewhere. So what would you say is the biggest difference having been a traveler in Thailand or Asia versus actually living and working here? Yeah, they're, they're very different for sure. So I think you make a much more conscious effort to understand the culture and understand the people when you live here. I mean, you should do as a traveler as well, but I think when you live here, you have kind of more of a sense of responsibility of like, I need to be aware and I need to make sure I'm being respectful. So like the foot thing, making sure you're not pointing your feet at anything, mm. especially in temples, making sure your feet aren't dirty, making sure you're not wearing shoes where you shouldn't be. Little things like that, I think, really do matter and I think you become more aware and as I've had friends visit or met tourists here you kind of point out those things to them of like hey maybe don't do that that's a little bit rude or like things like that I think it's just cultural awareness Hmm. so do you think you could see yourself staying a bit longer to learn more about how to be a proper Thai woman or maybe in Vietnam or Laos or Indonesia you think you're going to stay in the in the region for a while I do. I can't really imagine life anywhere else. Um, I plan to go home and see my family for a bit, but I think I don't think I'll I don't think it'll stick for long. I think I'm gonna really miss life here, everything about it. So we're recording this on October fourth, and you're gonna go traveling soon around Southeast Asia for around two months, right? Yeah. So I'm wondering anywhere you haven't visited, but you hope to. For sure, Laos, Vietnam, Cambodia, um, and then. I have to do Bali. I just have to. I can't I can't miss it. So yeah, for sure. I know that's pretty vague. I'm still kind of working out my exact itinerary, but I know you've mentioned like the four thousand islands, slow boat in Lao. So I'm kind of kind of keeping the same mentality that I had when I first came here, which is keep 
have some places in mind, but kind of keep the timeline a little bit open so that I can meet people and, you know, adjust accordingly. Yeah, actually, you know, when, uh, when we were going to have you on the show, I figured we'd spend half of it just talking about where you might want to travel next. And I figured, uh, since you'd asked, uh, and there's so many places that you should see and do, like, it's almost impossible to do in, in two months or however long you need to, to, to travel for before you want to go home. So you'd have to come back, I think, to, to start to see everything. But if you did come back, I mean, other than Bangkok, is there anywhere else in Asia you would like to live? Would you like to try Beijing still or, or, or Korea a bit more or Taiwan? I don't know. I'm so biased now that I've lived here for a few years. I can't imagine living anywhere else, honestly. But I think I would try Bali or even Kopangan. I, I love it there so much. It's it's definitely like a an alternate universe. Like it's a little hippie wonderland. But um I would totally do the digital nomad thing there for a bit without question. You've touched on a few things you like, but having lived in Bangkok for over a couple of years, what's one of your biggest loves of the city? And what's one of your biggest dislikes of living in the city? Funny enough, the, the same thing that was shocking in the beginning, the, the people, right? Like, so during COVID, it was a bit different, but now I just love the people so much they're so friendly and they're so like just jovial and silly and sweet and like i think some of my most distinct memories would just be like walking down my soy and like seeing thai people on their little like steel tables with their plastic chairs just like sharing a bunch of changs with their bucket of ice and like laughing and just being laid back and sweet so i think the people are are probably my favorite thing Mm -hmm. um also the ability to just ride your bike through temples and beautiful greenery and clong roads and all of the stuff within like 30 minutes of from my house. Um, cycling here, the people for sure are some of my favorite things. Something I will not miss is the traffic. I have yeah. never seen worse traffic anywhere in my life. I've heard Jakarta is worse, but yeah, that, that I will not miss taking two hours to go five kilometers. But now I've learned I can actually run faster than I can take a taxi so so that's sure. a good life lesson okay those are two good ones hey how about if uh there's someone out there there's a listener listening to christina tag and her adventurous tales of moving to asia what advice would you give her before she took the plunge herself oh my god just buy the ticket just do it definitely <laughs> just do it i think if it wasn't for covid i don't know I don't know if I would have made the move because I think I would have gone home and said my goodbyes and been like, okay, now I have to figure all this out and I have to get a TEFL and I have to find the perfect school. And really, I mean, my experience was unusually easy, but at the same time, it was just saying yes. And that was kind of something I adopted when I came here. It sounds lame, but I kind of adopted like a say yes motto. The more things I said yes to, the more opportunities came up. So I would say book the freaking ticket and say yes. That's like that old Jim Carrey movie, Yes Man. And there is something <laughs> to saying yes and letting doors open. Were there any handy resources in your few years that you found for kind of planning where to go, how to get there, how to get a job? Just anything you think of that was a handy resource in all of this? You know, there are a lot of Facebook groups that you can get involved in that are super helpful. Um, so I know there's like a Farang Girls of Bangkok. I've actually found that super, super useful. Like for anything, if you look up the topics, there have been all kinds of questions of, you know, where to get your hair done to like 
where to find a therapist to like just all of the most random things like there will be girls that'll be like i'm gonna go take photos in this field of sunflowers does anyone want to come straight up that was a post so i think check for facebook groups they're also like moving out sales where you can get you know stuff that people are getting rid of when expats leave and things like that or even apartments so there's a lot on facebook i would say definitely can you use it for jobs too for finding a job some people do post on there. I don't know the success rates, but I have definitely seen postings. And then there's agon.com. That's a good one for teaching jobs for sure. Wow. So good stuff, Christina. I'm glad you got to share with us. And thanks for finally coming on the show. You know, we've been trying to get you on for two years now <laughs> since you moved to Thailand. And uh, we're glad you finally said yes. Yeah, I'm happy to be here and definitely happy to take all of your travel advice. Anything any high high recommendations? Are there any like top places you guys would recommend? Just keep listening to the show, right? Gosh. I think this is episode. Yeah, I was like, we got 150 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So everyone's wondering by this point, what's next for Christina in the next few months? Back to northern Thailand. I'm finally going to do an elephant sanctuary. I haven't done it. So I was lucky. There was there was an elephant that lived next door to the farm that I was on, and we did get to visit him and have like a day with him so i did experience an elephant but i haven't done like the sanctuaries so i'm gonna go up north do a bit more of that um and then head on over to Laos, do the slow boat meet some tourists go full farang backpacker mode for a little bit and then from there explore around eventually make my way over to vietnam and then eventually to cambodia for the half marathon in angkor wat see you both there right right trevor yeah, I think we're going to have a beer festival that day, the, the afternoon after the race. And I'm training and hoping to get there, but you're already at 15K and I ran five and a half today, so a little bit behind. Let's see, my legs training are real Training for sore. beer drinking. Perfect. See you there still, nonetheless. Okay, Christina, how can people follow your travels or, or, or learn about uh, where you're headed to next? Ooh, okay. I do use Instagram. At, at some point, I should probably put together a travel blog just as like a time capsule in memory. But um, but yeah, I use Instagram. It's tina.turnip underscore. So my last name is not actually turnip. A lot of people think it is. It's not. Tina.turnip. Underscore. Underscore. Mm, I think there might have been another turnip. Okay, great. Well, I think I only really met you maybe four months ago or something like that, four or five months ago, mm-hmm. and was pretty flattered to meet someone that listens to the show. That was really neat. And then to hear that was one of the factors that sort of led you to take the plunge. And then such a unique story of actually starting moving across the world in COVID. So we wish you well on your future travels here. And thanks for making times to share and chat with us. Yeah, thank you guys so much. It's definitely an honor to be here and would not have thought three years ago, listening to you guys in my car that I would just be like, chilling with you here and you could be some of my good friends so thank you for <laughs> right that. on well scott i'm jealous that you had the pleasure of getting to sit down with christina in person for your interview uh but it was great to have her on the show yeah it was you know and this was kind of a, a funny humbling experience is we mentioned this bike ride up to chit beer and then we take a boat back and i gotta say that day we all had 
more than a few beers and I was quite tipsy. And then she had this awkward grin on her face at the pier. And then she sort of came clean and told me that she was a fan of the show and it was so touching. And then I've done a number of bike rides with her since. And, you know, then you've been out with her a few times and we kind of realized, you know what, this is kind of a neat story of a, a younger woman in her late twenties who lived in Florida and just decided you know, I'm going to go and try and live around the world. Like, how does that happen? And what's that experience like? So I'm glad we had her on. Hey, yeah. And you know, it's funny, because right before you mentioned Christina to me, I had done that uh, Pecha Kucha kind of nerd night presentation about my game. And I met a man that evening who had also listened to our show. And we inspired him to, to travel around Asia. And he happened to be in Siem Rip that night. I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but uh, if he hears Christina's episode, maybe he'll contact us and we can have him on to tell us about his uh, exploration sometime too, because that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I met another one at Just Mag where you and I have had drinks and talked about being a secret watering hole who turned out to be the chief of staff there just this past Friday. And he mentions this travel podcast he listens to and guess which podcast it was. So yeah, you know, I I admire... Christina's adventurous spirit, like to take this on at the beginning of COVID, like February 2020, when embassies telling you to go home, everyone is going home and you just decide, like, I've done it, I'm going, I'm staying, I'm not going home. Like, that's, that's quite ballsy. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's like you're stepping up to the table and you get to roll the dice. Yeah, like, I don't know if we should do this. But then, like, once you're the only person at the table and they're like, hey, just keep rolling, you know, there's, there's opportunities here. Um, and there are, you know, I mean, we came to Asia in different uh, circumstances, but, uh, you know, there it is like a land of opportunity in many ways here. And, and I understand why she would want to stay and come back again, because like it is so easy and fun and nice and you meet cool, friendly people. And there are places like Koh Phangan and Pai and Luang Prabang and Bali that are just spectacular and amazing places to, to visit or live. So I'm excited uh, that she's joining our tribe. And I really liked how positive she was and that she adopted consciously saying yes to things in her early travels. She just said, yeah, I'm going to say yes to things. And that tent, I brought it up because she told me about it. And I've done a little bit of roughing it, but there's no way I could live two months in a hot, sweaty jungle tent. Like I find that part mind blowing. See, I didn't know that, but that's me, man, because I did it for months in Australia without tent poles. I just uh, roughed it, you know, so I, I dig it. Yeah, that's my style. So I think the message is it's possible. I mean, if you've got a bit of funding and you can just sort of go and have fun on your own and don't have other obligations, like it does work out if you want it to work out. And if you follow your heart and if you set out to say yes to things, you can make it happen. And I think Christina's done that and she's had a great experience. She's now sort of tentatively closing up shop and traveling for a couple months, going back over Christmas, back to America. May come back, but yeah, I think it's just really neat how she's done it on her own terms. She sounds like she's had great experiences professionally and personally the whole time. And uh, I'm really glad she stepped up and said hi and told us about her like for the show. And yeah, I think it's an inspiration for other people, regardless of age, if they're thinking about going somewhere and doing longer than just a trip to, to go for it. Yeah, and I just had a great idea. You know what we could do? Uh, she's setting off on a couple of months of travel. Uh, we should do a Patreon-only episode. I'm catching up with Christina and hear about her travels. So if you donate to our show, and we thank all of our patrons for 
helping keeping the show alive. Let's have Christina back on the show and, and share with our patrons uh, how she's doing. What do you think? That is a fantastic idea because, I mean, she will have been there, seen it, done it recently. So you can get the inside scoop on what Lao, Cambodia, and Vietnam are like during these times. So, yeah, uh, become a patron, sponsor the show. You can do that from our website or Patreon. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll be back in two weeks with another something something around travel for you. Until then. Thanks for joining us on Talk Travel Asia. We look forward to sharing with you again soon. Hey, Scott, do you remember the time we walked on top of the wall at Angkor Thom and